This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. With the second pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select... Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky stepping up, fires down the sideline. Robinson makes the catch. From the Raiders to the Bears, Khalil Mack, now officially in Chicago. Brought down, Khalil Mack. Welcome back to the Chicago Shuffle Podcast. I am your host, Zach Lee, on this incredibly frustrating Sunday where the Bears have just fallen at home to the Los Angeles Chargers by a final score of... 17 to 16. Uh, I am joined, uh, just as unhappy as I am, by good friend, friend of the pod, and altogether good guy to listen to when it comes to the Bears' failings online on Twitter. Matt Clapp from the comeback and awful announcing. He's tweeting about the Bears at DaBearNesses. Uh, you can find him there. Matt, how you doing? Uh, I've been better, but I'm all right. Yourself? Yeah, no, I'm terrible. Uh, I'm I'm. <laughs> I'm hungover today, which uh, wasn't like planned going into a Bears game, but did happen. Actually, had a nice night out, so I have a headache and I can't see. I can't really tell if it's from last night or from today, but I feel terrible right now. And so, all right. So the the the, the hard part about doing a pod right after the game is that all you want to do is rant and rave and shout at clouds. I'm going to try really hard not to do that today. But before I get into my spiels, I kind of want to just ask you how you're feeling after that missed kick by Eddie Pinheiro for the the Bears to drop that game 17 to 16. Well, first of all, I don't really put too much blame on Pinheiro about it. I mean, it's a kick he should be making. He missed another kick he should have made earlier in the game. But uh, he's not the issue right here. Um, my reaction from the game was just, you know, Trubisky falling apart in the fourth quarter, uh, not making plays again that he needs to be making. And Matt Nagy just, uh, I'm losing confidence in him and his play calling, especially. Uh, yeah. It's hard to say that, I mean, you look at Mitch's final two drives, the first one, they were moving the ball a little bit and then there's a penalty and then there's a sack, uh, the sack. I put on Nagy. That's uh, Bobby Ma- Massey alone on the right side with Bosa coming off the edge, got no help. That's a scheme issue. And really, for me, that kind of brings to light what this game was, which is uh, an all-time Pantheon uh, loss in terms of what was there to be had, how badly the Chargers wanted to give it away. The Chargers are a bad football team that's decimated by injuries and tried multiple times to give this game away. The, the final score of 17-16 to 16 is so far and away uh, different than the run of play. If you look at any of the statistics of time of possession, of the number of plays run, if you look at any of that, you'd go, oh, the Bears sort of had to win this. Let, let me just kind of read through some stats for a second, and then you tell me how this makes you feel. <laughs> 
the Bears won the the first down matchups, 26 first downs to 11 by the Chargers. Uh, total yards, 388 to 231. Total plays, 77 to 42. Let's see if I get a time of possession. Time of possession, 38 minutes to 22 minutes. So, Matt, given all of that, how can you not say that Matt Nagy and his management of this game, it doesn't fall completely at his feet? Oh, yeah, it was terrible. Uh, they had one good drive, the touchdown drive, and it was actually refreshing. I think they had nine runs or something on it, and Mitch completed a downfield throw that was maybe opened up by actually having a run threat. Uh, but like the goal line situation where they had first and goal at the four, David Montgomery didn't touch the ball once. Uh, they had a lateral run for Cordero Patterson. Uh, like, uh, I just, it's just the same stuff. Like, <laughs> I, I, at first I thought his creativity was really, really nice to see. And I think the league figured him out a little bit. And now I think he's just getting too cute for his own good. Uh, it really <sighs> does seem like that, like the gimmicks of this offense, which worked so well in terms of misdirection early on. Now you just realize, realize it's all flash and there's no substance to it. So let's go back to that. Uh, to the end of the first half, the Bears get the ball at the four-yard line with 46 seconds left. They run David Montgomery for no gain. Timeout. That's their second timeout. Second goal at the four. Trubisky thro uh, throws a strangely designed pass to Cordero Patterson, which the Chargers, to their credit, covered well. One yard. They take their third timeout with 40 seconds left. Third and goal. Trubisky throws an uncatchable ball to Allen Robinson. The Bears are bailed out by a penalty on uh, Hayward. They get defensive pass interference. First and goal at the one with 30 seconds left. In the shotgun, Trubisky drops back. Incomplete to Shaheen. It gets knocked down. Second and goal at the one. David Montgomery runs. Gets stopped for no gain, and then the Bears scramble, have no plan. 25 seconds left now. You would think if you're planning, if you're teaching your team what to do, it's, hey, we're going to come to the line with a running play. We're going to have another one right in the bank. So as soon as this play is over, if it's not a touchdown, you're lining up, and here's the next play because you can't afford to be burning anything. The Bears have no plan. Uh, Montgomery goes down, 25 seconds left. It takes the Bears 24 seconds to get the next playoff with one second left. Trubisky uh, grounds the ball, and they get a Eddie Pinheiro 19-yard field goal to go into the half being booed up 9-7. to seven. And so, you know, that sequence right there is so illustrative of Nagy's complete inability to manage the game. And I'm sitting here going like he's from the Andy Reid tree. Matt, you know, d did we think Nagy was something that he's actually not? Well, I remember even hearing Andy Reid had said that Nagy was the best head coaching candidate he's created. And I think that also got me extra hyped about him. Uh, and then a 12-4 and four rookie coaching season. And, yeah, I think we were, were we possibly duped or maybe we didn't see some of this last year. I know in the second half last year the, the offense tailed off, but I still thought we would see a jump in so many areas. And I thought David Montgomery would help so much more and Mitch would at least get a little bit better. And, yeah, I think Nagy's just getting, like I said, and you said the same thing, just too cute for his own good in certain spots. And uh, his clock management and just you have to understand that situation or you got to get at least another playoff. Like uh, even if it's three passes, you can't go there with two plays, you know. Yeah. Uh, 
and then go to the press conference afterwards. And again, that's going on right now. I'm not saying he said this, but to put it on his players in terms of execution, you got to run the plays. Yes, they do. You know, a, a run play needs to be executed, but if you're not putting them in a position to win and having a plan in place for if things don't go the right way, then that's on you. And so right. I, I would I would say the same thing. Like, you know, we're going to talk ad nauseum. We're going to talk about this final drive. So Trubisky, you know, all of a sudden is moving the ball. This is like very, very reminiscent of the uh, Eagles playoff game where, you know, when it came down to it, Trubisky made a couple really nice throws, a huge conversion on third down. It's a high throw, but Taylor Gabriel catches that. They're moving the football. Trubisky finally breaks the pocket and scrambles for what felt like the first time in seven and a half games. <laughs> yep. And, like, you could see him scream. He was like, you know, finally something good happened. And you're like, all right, this is happening. They got it. They got it. And then with 40 seconds left, Nagy decides to down the ball and go and go to the kicker. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you got to get a few more yards there unless you have, like – Adam Vinatieri in his prime or something, you know. Uh, yeah, there's just too much time left, in my opinion, to not try to get that to be at least a 35, 36, 37-yard field goal. And, I mean, the way the kick ended up happening, that may have been the difference. Like, Pinero's kick actually looked pretty good until that last second. Yeah, and, you know, there was his second miss of the day. So, like, it's one thing if he's just smashing everything down the middle right. all day and you're feeling great about him, but he's already missed one from 33. It's not like you have a ton of confidence in the way things are going today. Right, and, again, that's a kick that an NFL kicker should be making. you got to hit that one eight, nine times out of ten. Um, but uh, it's also not putting your players in the best position to succeed. So and that's, that's it. what bothers me, in my opinion. Yes, like you just talked about with uh, – you know, not getting another playoff before halftime. Like you can put a lot of that on Mitch and the offensive line and everybody for not getting ready. But that's also a situation that, I mean, that's something that you should be going over a billion times in practice. And that should just, it's situational football, yes, right? Like this is the exactly. thing that like Belichick always talks about. And frankly, so has Nagy over the years is, you know, he's, he's said time and again, we practice situations, time on the clock. So we know that we're well prepared when this moment comes. It honestly feels like a really poorly coached team right now. Like you look at them, not just on offense, kind of across the board and we'll get to the defense in a moment. That's terrifying. What's going on the defensive <laughs> side of the football. So they had one sack. I think it's their first sack in like three games. We'll get to that. But as it pertains to Nagy, the control of the offense, the understanding of game management, he looks like he's on tilt, and I don't see it stopping anytime soon. Yeah, he does, and he was getting pretty cranky with the media in the last week or two. Um, you know, like, oh, we, we're going to run the ball. Don't even worry about that. Yeah, I'm not and an I, idiot. They, yeah, I'm not an idiot. And, I mean, they did do that. Uh, and But when it came down to it at the goal line, they still got too cute, and he still went back to his gimmicky ways and – yeah, I don't know. I'm starting to wonder if his ego is getting in the way a little bit or if he's more stubborn than we realized. Um, you know, it's still a small sample, generally speaking, and he went 12-4 and four last year. And there's no doubt it looks a lot better with a league average quarterback, but I do think that he's not helping the cause anyway. No question. I, I have this kind of working idiot theory that I, I, I believe, and we'll see if the evidence bears itself out. But he, work with me here. So... Nagy comes from the Andy Reid coaching tree and is a quarterback himself, right? So he thinks with a quarterback's mind in terms of the way an offense is structured. And then when he's working in Kansas City, he's working with Alex Smith, who is, you know, a rock-solid or was a rock-solid quarterback in terms of your ability to trust him and to manage the game. I remember a tweet from 
Dragonfly Jones a long time ago, who I love. That guy's just the absolute <laughs> best. Where he said, uh, you know, it's if it's third and four, Alex Smith going to get you six yards. If it's third and eight, Alex Smith going to get you six yards. And I was like, that's exactly who that player is. Anyways, the point being that Nagy's offensive mind and strategy is based on a quarterback being able to manage the game forward and the run being a supplementary part of that offense. And so now he's in a position where he can't lean on the quarterback in any way, shape, or form, and he doesn't have a plan B offense that is run first. And so the Bears are in this situation now where they have deficient personnel from the quarterback perspective and deficient strategy from the coaching perspective. And I I would say, you know, you could say, hey, fire everybody and start over, or they need to move on from Trubisky and get somebody in that can execute Nagy's offense in the way that he envisions so that everything else can play off of that. But right now, the wrong quarterback and or the wrong coach. Like, it seems like an oil and water kind of situation. Yeah, and I'm really curious uh, what they thought of Mitch, you know, behind closed doors, what they really thought of Mitch coming into this year, what they think of him each week in practice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know you can never simulate it the same as a game and all that, but uh, they, I feel like they expected at least a little bit more than this. Well, they, um, there were rumblings coming out of camp, right, of like yeah. scaling back the playbook and, boy, the defense won today. It's a great defense, that sort of thing, right? Right, right. Uh, but and, and, I mean, the thing is, is he's straight up regressing. It's not even a he's just kind of stayed level. He's been getting worse. Um, so I don't think they could have expected that. But I do wonder if Nagy, like, thought he'd be able to run his playbook a little bit more by this point or like kind of flex uh, his genius a little bit and let yes, it all kind of happen. Yes, and I feel like he keeps testing that each week and he keeps being reminded that my quarterback isn't really capable of that. Uh, like last week I got really, really annoyed. Um, it was a third and two call, just needed two yards against the Saints and he decided to throw deep and it like Anthony Miller was open and Trubisky should be hitting that throw and all that. But I think it's also not really being in reality of who your quarterback is. Like it's who you want him to be. And I'm, I said something on Twitter, like just get two yards, like throw that deep pass the play before or go for it. The next first town or whatever. And but he's like, well, it's a quarter. It's a player quarterback has to hit and all that. And like, well, haven't we seen enough that Trubisky hasn't shown that you can confidently or even like, assume a 20% chance of hitting anything 30 yards downfield. It's so it, it's like yeah. a really half-baked analogy, but like if you were starting one of two fantasy wide receivers and they don't even we don't even need to put names to them, but like one guy is a guy who week in week out is going to have like four catches and 60 yards. You can kind of count on that and kind of plan on that. Or there's the one guy that might have one catch for 10 yards or have like one long bomb. And I think if you're thinking about a third and two and just trying to, like, get, hey, we just need to move the sticks and get that short, certain thing. Like, Mitch Trubisky is the last person I would be like, you know what? This is a chance for an explosive play. we got to go downfield. And the exact play you're talking about, it's not just Trubisky. Anthony Miller ran the wrong route. He stayed inside. He was supposed to go outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Nagy called a play that shouldn't have been called. It feels like last year the Bears could steal four yards anytime they wanted to, either with, like, Cohen running to the perimeter doing a little option route, even a wheel route when that wasn't there. It felt like they could steal more yards. And I understand that the the offensive line has been, you know, really, really bad before today. Today, if you look at the run statistics, they had a hell of a game. But, um, yeah, it just feels like the Bears don't have any sort of consistent way to know that, hey, when the chips are down in short yardage, we can get this. I don't know what that play is for the Chicago Bears. Uh, I don't either. Uh, I just know that, like – a deep ball feels like a punt at this point, you know? Um, 
<laughs> like you just can't trust him to make these throws. And I know everybody says, well, your quarterback should be able to make it. Well, I mean, that's the whole problem. Uh, they can't run the offense. I'm sure Nagy wants to, but he also needs to be real about his personnel. I think at this point. So, and the hard part yeah. about all this is there were so many positive plays that you could point to. that are like, those are winning plays. So Trubisky's line, let's just do that real quick. 23 of 35 for 253 yards, a 7.2 average, which is really good. And then uh, he takes four sacks and then the one killer pick. So let's talk about that. <coughs> Excuse me. Mitch has this unbelievable ability to, for me to be totally out on him. I'm done. I'm tired of this yeah, shit. Yeah. Let's move on. And then he has this game, this game where it's like, you know what? This isn't his fault. This is a play calling thing. Hey, that was a good throw. Hey, that one's down the field. Hey, that was in stride. You know what? You know what? <laughs> I think Mitch is having a good killer pick, killer pick. And it's the worst thing ever. And it's running back like in the exact moment where I'm like, you know, he like the death pick happens and it happened Absolutely. again today. Yeah, absolutely. It happened in the Washington game, remember? Everybody was like, wow, it's finally happening. And yes! Look at this touchdown pass he made to Gabriel. That's why they took him yes! with the second overall pick and three touchdown passes. <sighs> and then he throws just an unbelievably bad goal line pick, and it's like, oh, God, here we uh, go again. Yeah. And same thing here. Like, uh, you know, was it Spielman with Brenneman today on the announcing crew? I don't know. but um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was like, oh, look at this confident throw from Trubisky. This is what you want from him, and he's exactly right. And then boom, here comes that pick. Like, it's just like one step forward, two steps back constantly. And he's got that tantalizing skill that you can clearly see. Like, you can see why people fell in love with him at the draft. Uh, and then and it's then just something always. It's crazy, man. I, I also really appreciated <laughs> – I'm glad you mentioned them. Brenneman uh, – Brenneman was just pissed. I, was he a Bears fan? I don't know. He was just like <laughs> – the fans are booing, and who could blame them? This is yeah. terrible. Like, I've never heard a play-by-play -play announcer be so outwardly like, yeah, this sucks. Like, the fans, like, they're right. I would be booing, too, if I if I wouldn't get in trouble for it. Yeah, I, I'm usually a don't-boo-your-own-players person, but, like, I don't know how you can be there and accept what's going on, either. Uh, especially when football, I football, man. Yeah, and especially, like, that sequence, the goal line sequence before half. I mean, that's more on the coach really than anything um so yeah it's just frustrating i i can't blame any fans for being incredibly frustrated or pissed in this hope you know super bowl hopeful season that we entered and now they already have as many losses as they did all year last year you know it's uh, uh and now where do we go from here that's i think the big thing where do we go from here and that's the real question. So let's stop for a second and do a little bit of advertising, and we'll come back, and let's try to pick up the pieces and see what this all means going forward. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years. And the secret to a great shave? It hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. I love Harry's because it gives me a close shave, easy glide, and a low price. Do us a favor and check out harrys.com slash bluewire for your free trial today. Harry's is a return to the essential, quality, durable blades at a fair price. Just $2 a blade. Harry's is just super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on your schedule with or without a subscription. And there's no risk to you for trying them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. 
Listeners of the Chicago Shuffle podcast can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. All right, so... You know, you made a great point just kind of on the other side of this, which is where do we go from here? And a, a big thing going on with the Bears and kind of the discussion around them is the chicken or the egg kind of thing. Like, where does the, where do the problems truly begin? What's the systemic part of this? And what part is a symptom of the former problem? And so I don't think at this point anybody can argue that Mitch Trubisky is somebody that the franchise – needs to like continue on continue forward with without competition so it seems to me like a conversation passed now that the bears need to bring in competition this offseason for the starting position if not a more drastic solution would you agree with that uh absolutely i i don't know how you can honestly enter the season in 2020 saying that mitch is your quarterback uh like i mean i I don't know what the players are going to tell the media. I haven't seen any of the press conferences today, but I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people in there that know what's going on. Uh, they know that this is a better roster than it's performing, and they know what the most important position in sports is. So, and you can't waste this roster talent. Like you, you that's why it stings, right? Yeah, it's that's absolutely why it stings. Like, I mean, look at the Jaguars. Uh, last year that's what's happening to the bears that could that could be what happens to the 49ers next year like unless jimmy gets a lot better like you uh uh, it's it's hard to sustain success without even you know decent quarterback play and i think think you really hit on it there with uh the jaguars part due that's what this is that's exactly what this is Uh, i know like i think it was roto world or somewhere was calling trubisky midwest bortles uh weeks ago when i was kind of like all right let's not get to that yet but i think that's where we are now you know (laughs) like unfortunately i think that's about where we are and I don't know how the Bears can enter next season saying that mitch is definitively the guy Uh, honest to god man okay so what needs to happen here, because if you look at the Jaguars, it's very like illustrative, right? They finally cut bait on Bortles, although they did right. give him – was it like a two-year extension? So we don't, what, they threw a yeah, bunch yeah, of money yeah. at him for like one extra year, and then they're like, okay, 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 we, we can't do anything with this. And two, Bortles' credit, there was a moment, like a strange moment where he was good-ish, and they went to they, – was it the AFC Championship game or the Divisional game? Um, I'm trying to think. I know they had that game against – they played, what, the Steelers and the Patriots? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And they looked like they were on their way. So there was yeah. a moment, and I think at the end of that, they're like, he's figured it out. We're going to turn the corner, whereas you know, we haven't seen that moment from Mitch, and certainly there's not enough success on the team you know, for this year. Uh, and they have the hardest schedule in the league going forward. They're the worst team in one of the strongest divisions. You are now looking at a scenario, and I know I'm all over the place, but they're 3-4 and four now. Let's just kind of like name some games out loud going forward. Here's where we're at. Next game at Philadelphia. Philadelphia picked themselves up today, got a strong win. Then they're going to play the Lions in Chicago. And I understand divisional game. They've owned the Lions recently. The Lions are good, man. And the Bears are bad. So for me right now, that feels like an L. Then they go to L.A. to play the Rams. Then they play uh, (laughs) Danny Dimes. They play the Giants at home. You'd hope that's a win. Uh, Then at the Lions for Thanksgiving. Then Cowboys, Packers, Chiefs, Vikings to finish the season. So there's... 
every possibility, just looking at the schedule and the way the Bears are playing football right now, that this could be a a complete flip of last year. It could be a four and twelve team. It could be a five and eleven team, and they have no first round pick. No third round pick, no fourth round pick next year. Uh, there's really no chance to kind of flip things quickly. And so, you know, I guess my question to you is like, what's the first thing you do? And let's say the season plays out in kind of the negative ish fashion we're talking about. What's the first move you make going into the offseason? Oh, well, you have to try to find probably two quarterbacks. Uh, I would be looking for a veteran quarterback, at least a stopgap kind of guy. And I would be looking at using your one of your like second fourth round pick something on a quarterback uh i think you got to get somebody that can be that like nick Foles, alex smith marcus mariota kind of stopgap at least guy maybe he can be more than that but someone that you can feel like all right with this roster talent we feel we can win with this guy and we'll bring in a young quarterback that can maybe be something too and try to develop him um but i i honestly right now i don't know if i would even have mitch a part of things because like i don't know how that would work or if they'd trade him somewhere for a sixth round pick or something. I don't know, but um, I just feel like that this is going to be a pretty destructive thing for the locker room and their culture there. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tough. So. It is, you know, I'm trying to like think of scenarios in my head that might work. Maybe something to the effect of, Hey, Jaguars, since you're, you know, future us, we'll give you Trubisky. You give us foals and we'll throw in another pick. So you've got, a young developmental quarterback that costs a hell of a lot less. We'll take that contract off the books, and you can have Minshew, and then we'll just bring you know uh, Foles over here to be what he was going to be for the Jaguars. It's great for all parties, right? <laughs> exactly. I think that's the exact kind of thing they need to be looking into. Uh, yeah. Like I think that God. I mean, I know the defense isn't looking all world level or anything lately either, but no, they're looking all regional right now. Man. Yeah, I think though still with like let's just say it's Nick Foles or some. What do you picture as a league average quarterback? I don't know. Just sure, Nick Foles. Nick Foles yeah. could be he. You know, besides the Super Bowl win, yeah. But like him, uh, Tannehill. You know, for me, that's a replacement right. level. You know, NFL starting quarterback, something to that effect. But wouldn't you still be picturing this particular team winning like ten games at least with a quarterback like that? Like, I don't know. I mean, given okay, so we do have like a little bit of a picture of how Nagy looks when he has a different kind of quarterback in there by Chase Daniel. And Chase Daniel is, you know, a backup quarterback. I don't think right. we can argue anything else. But in terms of his calmness, that, like, veteran presence, that trust that he's going to, like, at least get them in the right look and that he's not going to get sped up. Now, he doesn't have the physical abilities. He can't scramble like Mitch can. Um, he can be slow getting the ball out. And he does occasionally either misread a play because he didn't see because he's not that tall or just throw a not great ball. So in terms of like arm talent and that sort of thing, substandard, but in terms of the way he sees the field and the overall sense of calm he exudes, I'm like, that's see, like I can see Nagy. He's comfortable. I can see him calling right. plays that make sense off of that versus, Oh my God, Mitch is this. So I got to get something else for Mitch. Like, I feel like Mitch has put Nagy on tilt. Oh, he absolutely has. And you're exactly right. I think Chase Daniel runs the offense, as they say, much better. Um, and you can see how, like, I don't know what would be a better version of Chase Daniel, but somebody that's a pretty solid, poised, veteran quarterback. Uh, I mean, look at how many games they've just barely lost because of their quarterback player not being able to get in the end zone. And, yeah, I, I think that just a league average quarterback would be making quite a big difference for this team right now. And I don't know how you can plan on Mitch being that guy at this point, unless he shows a lot more the rest of the way. 
Couldn't agree more. I also think a league average game manager in terms of coaching, in terms of play calling, would also change the calculus for the for the Bears. And again, this is the NFL where parity rules. And so these little things, seemingly small things, one play here, one play there, that's a game changer. And so, you know, look, the, the Chargers finished this game with 12 rushes for 36 yards, a 3.0 average. The Bears finished this game with 38 rushes for 162 yards, a 4.3 4. average. I haven't and even the, gotten to look at those numbers yet. My God. And, and the awesome. Bears lost. And then on top of that, Trubisky was hitting Anthony Miller going vertical down the field multiple times early on. Three catches, 67 yards. They never go back to him. They come out of the, out of the, the out of the halftime tunnel and say, you know what? Screw it. We're going I formation. We're going to pound the ball up the middle. And by the way, we did a pod with uh, our good friends uh, doing the uh, the Powder Blue podcast on Blue Wire, and they're like, hey, our starting defensive tackles are out. We're completely soft in the middle. If you run it up the gut, you're going to have it all day. Sure enough, they come out of the halftime tunnel and do what they should have done from the outset, which is play smash-mouth football and play action off of that and go right down the field. And do we ever see it again? We don't. It's just like what you just said is where I have some serious questions with Nagy. Like, I wonder if we have some smartest guy in the room kind of ego going on here. Uh, Like, he just wants to believe his offense is the way constantly um, when we just had – proof of just playing running some very very basic plays running up the gut running some basic play action and opening up some some you know lanes in both the run game and downfield and uh. let me me ask you this and this is a this is a big one is this a trestman like situation where Nagy's job may actually be in jeopardy i don't think so i think Winning 12 games in his rookie year uh, bought him some time. Uh, but I I think the general perception of him should be questioned a lot. And, yeah, I mean, if, if the same thing is happening again next year, then I think he should be on the hot seat. So you'd give him at least this year, no matter how, how this goes going forward. Because, again, Trestman went 10-6 and six his first year. Everybody's like, offensive genius, blah, blah, blah. And then he lost the locker room and the right. defense and the defense fell apart. And those two things were enough to sink the franchise and make them you know press reset. The other part of this is Ryan Pace yeah. and you know how he's identified quarterbacks in, in his tenure. Not good. Mike, right. Glennon, Mike Glennon and Mitch Trubisky. So... Uh, is that the guy that's going to be the right one to pick the next quarterback? Oh, well, that's also a good question. And I feel like he hasn't been getting, getting enough criticism in this whole thing lately either because, I mean, it's all about Mitch Trubisky, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, we wouldn't be complaining nearly as much about Nagy without, with better quarterback play. Yep. And you sold so much draft capital to go up and get this guy. I don't even care about the Patrick Mahomes to Sean Watson stuff as much as you spent so much to go get this guy and he's going backwards and you have a roster that's ready to win now, we think otherwise. Um, Absolutely. And this is the, like I said, it's the most important position in sports. Everything is about Mitch or the quarterback position right now being good. And it's set him back. And like, I'm sure some of this is some bad luck and Ryan Pace definitely isn't the only one to have evaluated Mitch as either the best quarterback in that class or one of the best and what nine teams passed on Patrick Mahomes too. But you know, it's an, it's a, it's a results business and people need to be held accountable. So yeah, I think that he probably gets at least one more year too, but we need to start ask, uh, start asking some questions about him too. 
Yeah, it, it, look, the Bears have a very sudden and terrible case, and I'm not trying to make light of like the analogy or the words, but they're like they have stage three football cancer right now, and it's right. come on very quickly, and it is spreading from the quarterback to the head coach and now to the GM. Whereas last year, it just seemed like nobody could do anything wrong. So let's talk about Ryan Pace for a second. You know what? Let's take a quick break. Let's talk a little bit about advertising, and then we're gonna come right back and talk about the GM. The holiday rush is coming. I am not at all ready for the holiday rush, but. If you sell stuff online, you better get ready with ShipStation. With more people buying online than ever before, you have to be able to ship orders out quickly, efficiently, and affordably. But how do you keep track of all those orders? Or decide which shipping carrier to use? Or if you're getting the best rates? Luckily, ShipStation can help. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door and delivered in time for the holidays. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, and UPS, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. They even offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for large Fortune 500 companies. You'll always know that you're getting the best deal. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. So take the hassle out of the holiday shipping this year. Let ShipStation help you handle it all with ease. Just use my offer code BLUE to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no hassle, stress-free holiday shipping. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, enter offer code BLUE. ShipStation, make ship happen. Okay, so... Ryan Pace's tenure has been, um, I wouldn't say up and down. I would just say there are elements of it that look really, really good and elements of it that look really, really bad. And so there have been some really horrific uh, free agent signings over his tenure. And there's also been some really wonderful draft picks. And the thing that I find most people point to when it comes to, wow, this is a guy that really knows what he's doing, is the draft that, that yielded Tariq Cohen and Eddie Jackson in the fourth round. So let me take you back. Jerry Angelo was the architect of the 2005-2006 Chicago Bears Super Bowl team, and it was an incredible defense. There was never a quarterback, and Jerry Angelo was touted for always being able to hit on late draft picks. Is it possible that Ryan Pace is one of those guys that can hit on late draft picks, but his early picks, first and second rounders, you just see busts or you know just another guy's left, right, and center? Yeah, it's definitely worth wondering. Um, they haven't been getting nearly enough production out of their early picks. And I, I will say Roquan, I thought, Roquan Smith, I thought looked a lot better today. He did, uh, he did. And I, you know, I don't want to speculate what was going on. He was clearly having some issues, and hopefully everything's going well there uh, on the personal front. But, uh, yeah, his just swagger and the way he was attacking the ball just looked like a totally different player. So I think... Whatever has been going on was definitely affecting him mentally on the field, too. Um, and hopefully he can build off of that. But, you know, still, he hasn't been giving enough production. Leonard Floyd and all these other guys haven't been giving enough production. Um, you're exactly right. I think it's definitely worth questioning. And 
Um, and now they don't even have a first round pick to deal with next year, which is huge. And yeah, it's that's definitely set them back. I think you made a good point, which is to step aside for a second and, and kind of point out who played well in this game. I think you know it's incumbent upon us to find something positive to talk about, or otherwise, who would want to listen to this? Unless you're just <laughs> enjoying being in total pain and want to share in that. So uh, you're absolutely right. Roquan Smith came out. Uh, I don't know how many tackles he had right off the top of my head, but uh, hair on fire. You could see him fired up and filling holes left, right, and center. And whatever he's been over the last few games, whatever wherever his head has been at, it has not been in the game. Uh, that was totally different today. He looked like one of the stronger performers on the Bears' side of the football. He absolutely did. I thought he stood out more than anybody on the defense really today. Um, well, I guess Kyle Fuller had the big pick, but just on a consistent basis, uh, Roquan was all over the field. And uh, I now... Going to the pass rush, which you briefly mentioned earlier, I mm-hmm. what's going on there? I what is going on there? Let's talk about that. I I don't know, and I, I know Khalil Mack's getting a lot of attention constantly from the other team, but he's still usually a bit more disruptive. Do you um, think he's hurt? I I mean, it's worth asking because I mean, you know, it's it's hard to tell when you're just watching the game on TV live, but I don't really remember him even really getting in Rivers' face or He had the one sack in the fourth quarter, right? He had like that the, one? Yeah, well, yeah, it, it, they attributed it to him. It looked like almost a half sack, but they did give it to him. I was so caught up in just the doom of that <laughs> situation that I didn't even realize who got that. So, it's very fair. Anybody yeah. could understand that. Um, but, yeah, the pass rush has just disappeared. and Non-existent. Uh, yeah. And I, did Pagano really dial up very many – blitzes today either Um, i didn't really see much and also it seemed like uh, the chargers had built their game plan off of getting the ball out quickly because they'd lost so many offensive linemen so there were lots of like quick short throws right yeah Uh, lots of stuff to the perimeter um but no like an anemic pass rush leonard floyd uh is playing for a contract this year you'd have to argue at this point that he'd be lucky to get 10 million a year i agree and that most of that would be predicated on his you know overall size but the just the the production has never been there doesn't seem to be coming anytime soon unless he's playing the packers um you'd have to call him not a bust but maybe just 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 another guy another guy and and that goes on the ryan pace record as well especially as much time and effort they've invested in him being the guy khalil Mack, if he's not hurt uh, then either teams are game planning for him in a way that we've never seen before, or he just simply isn't getting home in the way that he has. But uh, he's been nowhere to be found for long stretches of multiple games in a row here. I think the inside linebacker positions, Trevathan and Roquan Smith played well today. Um, and then the other guy that you know whose name just hasn't been said out loud hardly at all this year is Eddie Jackson. Yeah, I knew you were going to say him. And uh, he got beat once or twice on deep balls today and i'm sure the other team is aware of him but still with his you know center field kind of range and everything you you'd think that he would be finding his way around the ball more like he just seems like one of those ball hawks that he's just going to end up by a tip pass or kind of you know the old mike brown and ed reed style totally and there's just been um none of that this year so far so 
I wouldn't say that I'm like you know well versed enough in the all twenty twos and the scheme of things to wonder if Pagano is misusing Eddie Jackson or deploying him on the field in such a way that he's not in a position to make plays on the ball. So I don't know if I can be like Eddie's not playing well. Perhaps that's just the way the the scheme is set up so that guys like uh, Buster Screen can blitz off the edge or play up more, and he, they know they have that coverage in the back. But if that's the case, if it is a scheme thing, then that's on Pagano too. This is one of the best ball hawks in the NFL, and he's not in a position to make any of those plays. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're exactly right. I, when's the last time he really made a notable play? I'm, the Denver game, and that was probably, just like yeah. knocking the ball down, right? It wasn't even a function of picking the ball off and making a game-changing play. There just right. there hasn't been that this year. Yeah, and I, yeah, maybe part of it is the pass rush not getting there enough, and. I don't know. Yeah, I, I thought he would be making some more plays by now. Yeah, you know, and I think that's that's overall kind of where we are with the Bears' defense at this point. Is just playmaking is way way down. Especially the last right. three weeks, they've been, you know, uh, a below average defensive football team if you look at some of the statistics so that is um just another thing to add to the list of inexplicable things one other thing i really wanted to talk about is tight end play or the complete and total lack thereof so trey burton gets brought brought in he's a backup for philadelphia he looks athletic and different a very much a hybrid kind of pass catching tight end eight million a year and then the Bears go and take out of Ashland University Adam Shaheen in the second round, thinking they've got these two uh, athletic game-breaker type players. And I understand that Burton is injured at this point in the season and may not be 100% the entire season. Adam Shaheen looks like I would lean more towards bust than I would to uh, him being just another guy. He's barely on the field at all. The team doesn't trust him to block. They don't trust him to catch the ball. What value does he really bring to the team? And it seems to me that... Uh, once again, Nagy has an element of his offense that if it doesn't work, then it shuts down everything that he's doing. So who do you put that on? Is that a GM problem or is that a coaching problem? Well, uh, first off on Shaheen, um, yeah, he is a bust at this point. Um, <laughs> what has he really shown? I think he had a garbage time touchdown or two-point conversion last week when nobody was watching uh really all he's good for is a jump ball at the goal line um and trey burton i think he's definitely been hurt and not whatnot but yeah he's still been i think a disappointment this year big time and naggy uh i i if any of it has to do with naggy uh he's clearly yeah, not using them enough and yeah ryan pace needs to be addressing that position big time um that for this year, it probably doesn't even make a difference at this point. But yeah, the 2020 starting tight end should not be on the roster right now. That's it. I think, you know, the thing that's really troubling is that even this team that's working on a quarterback on a rookie salary and has a near capped out uh, salary sheet, there are gaps in talent and a lack of depth that you really can't have and that are only going to get more glaring as time goes on. So what looked like a very complete roster going into the season now looks like there are a number of positions that need help. And I, I, even going into the season, there's always going to be holes on a roster. That's the nature of the NFL. It looked like they were going to need cornerback depth going forward and that the offensive line was going to need developmental picks now it looks like one to two positions on the offensive line is going to be needed they need a new quarterback no big deal find those on the street anytime 
uh, and tight end now is a totally a lacking position. And I think that's just the beginning of what the Bears need to be working on. So, um, yeah, it just makes the, the what is already a pretty dark sky look even worse on the horizon. And it's not entirely clear where the Bears go from here. At this point, they're three and four. They've already had their bye. They have the hardest schedule in the league going forward. If you had to guess today, what would you say the Bears' uh, record will be at the end of this season? Oh, geez. Well, uh, had they won today, I would have said probably eight and eight to nine and seven. Yep. Um, with agreed. You know, maybe they maybe they figured some things out. Maybe maybe they magically found their way to ten and six or whatever and in the playoff hunt. Um, but uh, it's just it's so hard to say now because you could see it like totally unraveling at this point. Right. I mean, um, <laughs> like is the defense going to keep bringing the same edge each week? To, like is the team not demoralized by their complete ineptitude on offense and their quarterback play? Um, you're going to see probably some finger pointing. I mean, we won't see it probably, but it's going to be going on behind closed doors. You and know, they're could, talking about it. Oh yeah. This could be a total like Tressman, uh, you know, toxic situation going on behind closed doors for all we know. And yeah, it's, it's hard to see how this gets better because like, as you went through the schedule earlier, I mean, I know the Eagles are definitely not world beaters right now, but going into Philly and winning with this team right now feels like a long shot. Um, the lions, I think are a better team right now. Like you said, no question. Uh, no question. I, I just can't picture them going into any decent, road environment and you know or like even i know that la would probably be like near a home game but would you pick them to beat the rams no i mean i can't pick them to beat any team in right. the nfl right now yeah like even like even the giants game i mean <laughs> the giants probably have the better quarterback and they have saquon barkley like do the bears have that much more than that right now like i don't know i the Chargers had 14 players on the injured list going into this week, and that doesn't include all the players that are already on IR. Phillip Rivers is um, not on his last legs. He's still he, look. He's an all-time great quarterback. I really believe that. I, obviously, he's not going to make the Hall of Fame or anything, given the lack of uh, playoff success and kind of what's happened to the Chargers over the years. But that's been an, a really like a top of the line franchise quarterback for the better part of his career. He has no offensive line. He has no defensive line. Um, Derwin James was out before the season even began. There are injuries up, down, left, and right across that roster. You can question their coaching and their uh, coaching decisions. They seem to uh, you know, snatch uh, defeat from the jaws of victory left, right, and center. But uh, the Bears did it better today. This honestly felt <laughs> yeah. like, like two teams that owed the Mafia money and it was like <laughs> – desperately trying to take a dive That's exactly what it was yeah and, and the bears you know they, they managed to fall down first that's really what happened here i've never seen a more gift wrapped game uh and and it's not like the bears didn't do anything good like there were so many positive plays and so many things to build on and so many poor plays from the chargers so many uh calls from the refs that went against the chargers so many moments that you're just like yeah this is just gift wrapped from the bears and they just would not open the present it's pretty inexplicable well and this is going back to three games now where like let's start with the raiders game um tyrell williams was out right like the raiders were without like their entire receiving court yeah yeah there's no uh, excuses right the the bears i think entered that game as touchdown favorites uh then last week against the saints they were still like three and a half point favorites drew Brees is out alvin Kamara's out uh today uh keenan allen i mean he played but 
I mean, he was probably the Bears MVP today. Keenan Allen just kept falling over, dropping passes for the Chargers. He was a non-factor. Like, his his hamstring probably played into that, even though his cleats were clearly not working either. Hunter Um, Henry dropping passes. Yes, exactly. So everything was, like, set up for them. Like, again, they they were favored in all of these games, and the other teams either had major injuries or, I mean, the Chargers have been a train wreck. You know, the... The Chargers issues have probably been worse to the Bear than the Bears until today. And I mean the Bears really outplayed them today, right? It's just Clearly, clearly. So yeah, and this is as easy as it's probably gonna get the rest of the way, save for maybe the Giants game. And this team is just gonna lose confidence. They're gonna question each other more. Uh I, I don't even know where to go from here. And I mean, I think at this point they should probably be trying to get Javon Wims and Riley Ridley and some of those guys involved too, because to me, I mean, the players aren't going to say this, and the coaching staff isn't going to say this, but the rest of 2019 should be about evaluating players, really, I think, at this point, um, and looking towards 2020. And that's why I also saw people today talking about uh, should the Bears trade for a quarterback now? Like, Unless oh, it's no. somebody you really, really want to get a look at now, like some developmental guy like Josh Rosen or Nick Mullins, and I'm not even endorsing any of these. I'm just saying if you wanted some young developmental guy that you wanted to see how it looked in the offense now – uh, maybe, but they need draft picks badly, and uh, the price is going to be higher for anybody now than it will be in the offseason, and they cannot afford to give up any draft pick capital in a lost season. Uh, they need every pick they can get right now. Yep. And, yeah, I think everything now is looking towards 2020, and to the point where, um, when is the trade deadline? Like, t- November 10th or something? I believe um, so, yeah. Or even guys like... I would even be in favor of them potentially selling a guy or two. Um, I don't really know what they have to offer. Maybe like Danny Trevathan or Leonard Floyd, or maybe Mm -hmm. Taylor Gabriel can get you like a seventh or sixth round pick. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's probably more valuable to them in reality than carrying these guys the rest of the year will be. Um, Yeah. I I think you can't, you know, you can't go in thinking, Oh, a trade, you know, one guy is going to make the difference and change things around. That's like, you know, having a knockdown drag out fight with your girlfriend and being like, if I buy her this ring, it's all going to work out fine. You, you don't do it that way. It's yeah. actually a, a really good way to lose a lot of money. So, yeah. uh, no, I, I, I think the Bears really need to um, all look at one another and understand that this is nearing a lost season. Uh, and I think you make great points, which is that this is about uh, developing the guys that are on the team and looking towards next year and what it's going to take to turn this thing around. And that's systemic from top to bottom, from the way they're coaching to the players they're selecting to the gaps they have in the roster and why those are problems and what they're going to do about it going forward. As it is, man, um, what a, what a bummer of a Sunday <laughs> in a in a like a ongoing month of bummers. This is really for me like an all time pantheon loss that shouldn't have been. You know, oh, I've yeah. seen. I've seen a lot of Bears football games. I've seen a lot of bad football. This is a game that they should have won going away. It should have been a blowout. And to somehow find a way to lose it is um, – it falls – Look, it falls on at the feet of a lot of people, but it really is like an F minus for Matt Nagy, and he's going to have to yes. wear this one for a long time. Yes, like we can blame Pinero, we can blame Mitch. I mean, we you know, they obviously contributed Mitch especially heavily to the loss. Um, but yeah, this like at the end of the day, I think this should fall on the head coach more than anything. Um, the issue, like I, I still have some belief in him. Like I think he can still be the guy, but I have a lot more questions each week about him. Yeah, um, no, that's whereas, a good way to put it. 
the quarterback position, I think we have our answer by this point, um, barring like a miracle, I think, or just getting a lot better the rest of the way. Yeah. Uh, like maybe somebody so. can like, you know, like drop a rock on Mitch's head, you know, and do one of those <laughs> and just see like, oh, like all of a sudden it just like unlocks whatever is in there and all of a sudden he's amazing. Because like that's kind of where I'm at with him now, unless there's like a, you know, a magic transformation moment and he just never looks back, which by the way will never happen. Um, I, I think that's kind of it. He just looks like a guy who wants it so bad. Uh, but it's never really going to come together. And again, the NFL has changed so much, man. This is year three, only his second in a new offense. It used to be that you'd like sit on the bench for five years, right? right. And then, like, then you know, you might get in, and they'd start to like, oh, work you into the system and kind of give you that chance to go. And now, if you don't hit the ground run in year one, like the clock is ticking. And um, I would say the time is just about up on Mitch Trubisky, which is a right. bummer, but it's a very familiar feeling for guys like you and me that have been following the Bears for a long time. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, everything we're watching right now is what we've all been seeing our entire lives as Bears it's fans. It's the shittiest rerun. I'm so tired of this it's, horrible sitcom. Like you got, you got a, you got a defense that can win a championship. You got a few good players on offense always, uh, but it's always a quarterback play calling like some offensive line issues. It's always the same, same thing. Um, And heck, even having like a tight end. And the one time that they had a tight end recently, they gave him up. (laughs) So Mike Martz could have, you know, his offensive lineman playing tight end. So Uh, yeah, good times. It's just, it's just the same, same stuff. And uh, I think, you know, it's just, this is so frustrating to watch this year because everybody had such high hopes. Uh, I think we all thought Mitch and the offense would at least be as good as last year, ideally a bit better. Um, and it's just all gone backwards. And it's, it's the nature of the NFL, man. Momentum really, really does carry the day week to week. And when you're winning, you just find a way to stack them. And when you're losing, you're in the situation they're, they're in now, which is a season spiraling out of control. Yeah. Um, Matt, I, I really appreciate you stopping on, man. I really enjoyed the chat. Uh, where can people find you online if they're looking for you? Um, you can find me at uh, Bear and Assess for Bears coverage on Twitter. Um, and I also am an editor and writer at Awful Announcing and The Comeback. Um, I have a few Twitter accounts. The Blog Finds, if you're a Cubs fan as well. But uh, the same kind of problems with them too these days. Um, yeah. We put them Ugh. to bed for now. We don't have to talk about that. Exactly. Let's not even get to that right now. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too there's, there's, there's zero and zero. It's a 500 team. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, I really appreciate you coming on today. Let's do it again soon. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for listening to the Chicago Shuffle on this really frustrating Sunday. Sorry for ranting in your ear for just about an hour, but I'm sure you share a lot of the feelings we have today. Please go online, rate, review our podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Listen to all the other great pods in there. And... Let's move on, you know, on to the Eagles next week, going to Philadelphia, bringing this wonderful rickety wagon uh, into Philadelphia to play the Eagles. That's going to be a very interesting one. Let's um, hope hope for the best. Hope for the best, plan for the worst. That's a Chicago Bears fan for you. Uh, We'll speak to you soon. Thanks again for listening. We're out.
Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.